support for WERU comes from our listeners and from the Maine Community Foundation, working with donors and other partners to improve the quality of life for all Maine people on the web at maincf.org. A voice of many voices, WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, and on the web at weru.org, grassroots community radio. Support for WERU comes from our listeners and from Scudic Arts for All, presenting Carol Bailey String Band on Sunday, September 18th at 2 p.m. inside Hammond Hall at 427 Main Street in Winter Harbor, scudicartsforall.org, or 963-2569. It's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. Talk of the Towns with your host, Ron Beard, is up next. Are you... We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be of benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. Well, chances are that you have a friend, a neighbor, or a family member living with dementia. Dementia is a broad category of brain diseases that cause a long-term, often gradual decrease in the ability to think and remember. And today we have some folks in the studio who are working um, uh, very closely with people who have dementia, and um, the institutions they represent are are supporting both those folks, their families, and their caregivers. And we're very happy to welcome uh, Becky Siebert of Island Nursing Home, and she's brought Judy Mathewson um, along with her. Thank you for being here and for actually suggesting the show. Thank you for having us. We're happy to be here. Yes. And Ann Osana is the Director of Adult Day Service Programs at Friendship Cottage in Blue Hill. And welcome to you, Ann. Thank you, Ron, for having me. Yeah, and I understand you've been on, on other um, WERU shows, uh, Jim Fisher and so on, to talk about Friendship Cottage in the past. Yes, and actually Island Nursing Home yeah. years ago. That's right. right. <laughs> so, and it's a little bit of old home for me because when I started out um, uh, in, this, in this work in Hancock County, I was helping with the Senior Companion Program all those years ago with Cooperative Extension. So... It's great to to revisit the topic, and so much has changed in the 30 years that I've been involved in, in um, this kind of work, and so glad that you can join us to help. Perhaps each of you could um, uh, start uh, with uh, with Becky. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and your connection um, to this work, and, and then we'll go on with our conversation. Becky? Okay. Um, well, I am a licensed practical nurse. I have worked at Island Nursing Home for 33 years since the first year we've, we opened. Um, I am, have learned, we've learned a lot over the 30 years, um, working with families, working with, uh, residents with dementia. I myself have had loved ones with dementia, um, my, two of my grandmothers and an aunt. Um, so I've seen it from all angles mm. to caring for the, our residents, seeing how, what the families go through, um, and also going through it myself 
uh, caring about uh, mm-hmm. one of my, uh, some of my loved ones. So it's become a passion of mine, and I really, I'm so happy to, that the word is getting out on good dementia care. Um, so I'm happy to be here. And Judy, you and I t- connected when we were doing some work on the STEM program, uh, science, technology, education, math, no? Yep. Yep. So that was that was our, our previous connection. Um, what brought you to Island Nursing Home and what's your role there now? Um, I'm handling marketing and uh, public relations there. And it's been for me kind of a revelation because I came to Island Nursing Home with no exposure um, to caring for people with dementia, mm. and I've been sort of a witness to mm. some interesting things I'm hoping I can talk about later this hour. Great, great. And Anne, tell us a little bit about your background and your connection to, to uh, Friendship Cottage. Sure. I'm a licensed social worker. I've been a licensed social worker for 32 years in two different states, Michigan and Maine, and I've always wanted to work with the elderly population. I just feel like I they have so much wisdom, um, and and should really be honored. And so um, positions that I've had here in Maine or we're at the Island Nursing mm-hmm. Home as the Director of Social Services, and I also work for Adult Protective Services as an um, investigator and did case management for them, and then started at um, Friendship Cottage in 2008 mm-hmm. when, we fir- when we first opened. And just describe that because not everyone um, will have known um, what Friendship Cottage is. Sure. So it's a program that's administered by Washington Hancock Community Agency, which is the CAP agency for our area. And it's a it's an adult day program that services anyone over the age of 18, and we service all of Hancock County. We provide door-to-door transportation in our van. Um, we're a health model, so we administer medications. We can help with activities of daily living. Um, we're open on Saturdays, which is a big help for caregivers. Mm. We also have a caregiver resource center where we offer support groups and educational opportunities for caregivers. We have a resource library, and I also do case management. Mm. And Becky, you said you've been with Island Nursing Home um, um, for a while. <laughs> what changes have you seen in terms of, of what Island Nursing Home represents? It started out as a wonderful thing because I think there was a daycare program for children right. as well mm-hmm. as um, elder care mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. The multi-generational experience was wonderful. Um, uh, And so that was phased out um, in the late 90s. Um, We have seen we had a locked uh, unit for dementia at one point. Uh, We went to uh, what we call a secure care system. So they wear an anklet and the, the exit doors lock when they get within three feet. So it's kept them in their home able to be a part of everyday life. They're not in uh, one unit. Mm. Um, So that's been wonderful, and it's kept them safe. Uh, We no longer do overhead paging. Um, That was determined to be very... um, I can imagine. (laughs) Stressful and noises, and um, oftentimes they can't distinguish an announcement from what they might think they have to do as someone... uh, so-and-so has a phone call, they might think it's them, them, and it causes a lot of anxiety. Uh, We now have a namaste program, and that's for more significant dementia uh, people who can't mainstream into your craft class, bingo, trivia. Um, It's uh, designed for more of a one-on-one, quiet, calm. It's been 
hugely successful. Um, so we've learned a lot in terms yes. of how we um, work with people with dementia right. um, over the years. Maybe a, a basic definition would be helpful. I mean, yeah. I used one at the beginning of the of the show, but how, how would you describe dementia? Well, when I do my trainings, I looked up a definition in the dictionary, and it is a chronic or persistent disorder of the mental processes caused by brain disease or injury, marked by memory disorders, personality changes, and impaired reasoning. Um, I like a one-liner, and Uh that is dementia is brain failure. Hmm. Um, If you can think of it as brain failure, like someone who is in heart failure, you would not expect someone in heart failure to run up five flights of stairs and not get winded and uh, their heart can't keep up with it. If you think of someone, their brain is atrophying, they're in brain failure, um, and they, a lot of people don't understand that. They think they are, um, they take it personally. Um, so or, there's a little bit of a stigma yes, that a stigma. has been approached um, to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Or they know what they're doing. They can help it. They're trying to get my goat. They don't. They can't help it. We've learned that we can't change them. We have to change ourselves mm. in order to care for these people. And um, so if, Simply, uh, Dr. Lesko was at our facility yesterday. She is our medical director, and she was talking to a family member, and I loved what she said to this family member. She said, dementia takes away our ability to make sense of our world. It doesn't take away how we feel. So if you can think about caring for someone, um, they become very confused, and but they they still feel. So it's so important to maintain their safety, their security, and their value, uh, and, and maintain that dignity. And I stress that when I do my de- dementia trainings. Mm. Um, and what would you add to kind of a definitional approach to, to this, understanding what it is before we talk about, more about it? Right. Um, I just wanted to also address one other thing about how things have changed. Mm-hmm. There, there really was a big change in how we care for people living with dementia in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Um, before, Becky and I, we have almost <laughs> 70 years experience yeah. between the two of us working with this population. Um, before, we were always told to redirect someone, you know, that, hmm. that, that if, you know, you know, today is Tuesday and it really is Wednesday, you say, no, today is Wednesday. Uh-huh. And think about it. How much sense does that make, trying to redirect someone who has memory loss? Right. So. The approach was initially called the best friends approach, mm-hmm. and so you just meet the person where they are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and it's, it can be a little creative mm-hmm. at times, yeah. but it it really helps, you know. It, it's it's more rewarding for the caregiver, whether they're a paid caregiver or a family caregiver, and it certainly is less um, provides less anxiety for mm-hmm. the person living with dementia because in their mind. They're right. It's their reality. <laughs> it's it w- their reality. Right. Um, and I, I so agree. I can remember we did the reality reorientation. So mm-hmm. if Susie came up and said, I can't find my mom. I'm looking for my mom. And she might have been in her dementia, a 12, a little girl scared, needed to go home. Or she might have met her sister that visits every afternoon. But I would feel like I had to say, uh, you're, you're how old, Susie? And your mom, she, she passed away 25 years ago. <gasps> 
my mom, my mom passed away. No one told me. So it caused mm-hmm. this huge emotional mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. So we learned that 10 minutes later, Susie would be back asking for her mom. So mm-hmm. it really, but the emotional upset that that caused might actually cause behaviors. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of behaviors. Um, so it, the best friend's approach, thank goodness, came along. And you, they live in the moment. You have to figure out what does Susie need from me? I want to be her hero. You have to think on your feet. You have to know Susie, know her life story, mm-hmm. what makes her happy, what what in her lifetime is maybe she has she been scared of, or um, so you have a little bag that you can pull from to help you get through those moments. Mm. Um, and um, so just to be what she needs you to be, you can't correct, you redirect, mm-hmm. gently right. redirect, mm-hmm. because you're and don't argue because you're never going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. <laughs> So, so and that also suggests that the brain um, is a mysterious thing. Um, mm-hmm. We're learning much more about it, but that mm-hmm. the emotions and the intellect or the reasoning part are in two different spheres almost, aren't they? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. right. The, the other thing that I just wanted to add mm-hmm. um, to what Becky had said is um, you can't – when behaviors are happening, um, which are quite frequent with, when someone has um, any type of dementia, mm-hmm. it's – usually because of the environment. And so if you can change the environment, you can change the behavior. So say examples of that, if you can think of anything. Um, What's an environment that might cause um, particular behaviors, for instance? Someone may be really acting out or be really agitated, and they're hungry, and they just Mm -hmm. can't express that. Uh, Okay. 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 Um, They may need to toilet. They need to toilet. A tool, a a trick that is often used... um, Oftentimes, people with dementia wander. It's just it's mm-hmm. just part of what they do. And if you put a black mat in front of a door, they will not go into that room mm-hmm. because they're they think that it's a hole. Uh-huh. And so you can just right. it, it, you know instead of getting into this big disagreement of you You're can't go into that get, room, right. which is going to go nowhere very quickly, <laughs> you put a black mat out and it stops the behavior. Uh-huh. There's this a lot of visual changes that happen with right. dementia and depth misperception. Mm-hmm. Um, if it would be like you and I looking through binoculars, too, their perif- peripheral vision is lower, so you can't approach them from, from the, the side, side or from the back. They will startle them easily. So you want to get at their level if they're in a wheelchair. Know their dominant side. Were they right-handed or left? That part mm-hmm. of the brain's going to be stronger. Mm-hmm. They're going to mm-hmm. see you coming. So get at their level. Engage with them. Make good eye contact. Um, if it's a old war veteran and he has post-traumatic stress, don't come at him from the front. He's going to think that you're yeah. the enemy and he could hit you. Sure. You know, you have to, you know, then again, you have to know who you're caring for, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so, so there's all these little things we learn. Right. <laughs> what do we know about um, what begins to cause dementia? Do we have um, much idea of, of what causes this slow loss of, of memory and ability to reason? Do we Do we know some of the... The causes for that? Well, the, the number one um, uh, factor is age. Mm-hmm. Um, after the age of 65, um, people will start to develop. Uh, that's when Alzheimer's may start to develop. Um, you can have young onset Alzheimer's, which would be early as early as age 25. Um, but most people will notice memory, mm-hmm. uh, short-term memory problems. But that... Um, is just the, the earliest signs. Um, and change in behaviors. Change in behaviors. And, you know, you might become more isolated, mm-hmm. depression. 
So um, there's both internal things, um, mm-hmm. probably our genes dependent um, right. on that, and external things that might oh, right. trigger um, dementia. Right. And I, I always like to point out the difference between dementia and just, just normal aging. Normal, normal, normal aging. So, um, you know, where are my keys? Yeah. It's not necessarily dementia. That just might be stress-related or mm-hmm. whatever. But then looking at your keys and not knowing what they're for. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really you know, just kind of in layman's mm-hmm. turn, that's mm-hmm. really the, the difference between, you know, forgetfulness and dementia. Right. And, um, again, we, we use the, the term Alzheimer's, was a, mm-hmm. which is a specific form of dementia. Right. Tease that out a little right. bit for our listeners. Well, if you think of uh, dementia as a series of symptoms, um, which include memory problems, uh, disorientation, trouble with comprehension, uh, repetitive behaviors, poor judgment, um, agitation, aggressive behaviors. So there's all these different uh, changes in mood and personality. Mm -hmm. Um, It's think of it as an umbrella. And under that umbrella are the types of dementia. So the number one type is Alzheimer's disease. Um, And and then you, uh, so that in this country today, we have 5.3 million Americans with Alzheimer's disease. It's expected to to climb by the year 2050 to upwards to 16 million people with just Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have uh, vascular dementia is the second most common. That has to do with heart, uh, blood flow to the brain mm-hmm. or people that have had heart disease or stroke. Uh, they're finding now that type 2 diabetes is something to watch for. People will typically or can uh, increase your chance of ha- developing dementia. Uh, we have uh, Lewy bodies dementia. Uh, telltale sign of that is hallucinations about small children and animals. That's mm-hmm. very common. Mm-hmm. Well, they still remember family members. They can <laughs> conduct business, but they uh, it affects their REM sleep, and they have um, have often have frequent falls. So there's all different. Uh, this frontal temporal lobe dementia that has a strong emotional impact, very mm-hmm. impulsive. Right, and oftentimes people confuse that with mental health yes. issues or uh, women Vital. are going through uh, menopause. Right. And it's just really overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes. it's bipolar or schizophrenia. It can be confused for that. Right. Um, there's so, that, again, the, the general notion is there's many forms of dementia. Yes. Alzheimer's is one, and that's we often you hear that right, term. Exactly. But what we're really talking about is the, the general condition. And there, right. there is another um, dementia that I just want to touch on, and that's alcohol-related yeah. dementia, which oh, is one of the dementias that can be reversed. Right. It's um, a vitamin deficiency. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, Wernicke's Korsakoff syndrome. Right. And uh, definitely we've had people through... Uh, at our facility, and they've actually uh, been discharged and live on their own mm-hmm. and, and with the right treatment. Um, they, so we, we are, we've got a general definition. Um, let's begin to talk about how we work with those folks. You've given us some hints about that, but I'll just remind listeners that they're tuned to Talk of the Towns, where our topic this morning is understanding dementia and supporting those affected. In the studio with us is Becky Siebert of Island Nursing Home, along with Judy Mathewson, also there. And she has a special insight into this because she took some of the training um, that uh, Becky has offered, and she'll offer some, some observations about that. And Ann Osana, who is Director of Adult Day Services at Friendship Cottage. So um, you've um, provided um, 
you know, staff and and um, family members and community members with something um, that you called a virtual dementia tour. Uh, Becky, uh, describe um, <laughs> how that came to be and, and what it looks like or feels like, and then we'll um, get uh, uh, Judy to comment on her experience. Okay. Well, about four years ago, we traveled to a national health care conference in Phoenix, Arizona, and they were offering, it was a company called Second Wind Dreams, uh, and they were offering virtual dementia tours. Um, I had to take it because, you know, you can learn a lot about dementia and work with it, but I thought, what the heck is a virtual dementia tour? So I took the tour, and it was such an eye-opener. Uh, I talked to our administrator at the time, and he agreed we, we need to bring this back to our facility. Mm. Uh, it's actually a design to be um, – it's a simulation. So it's to walk – it gives you a chance to experience what it might be like to walk in the shoes of someone with dementia. Uh, so seen, it's an empathy training. So we've seen that sort of thing for just the general condition of aging. You know, we've, we've right. put people through that kind mm-hmm. of training, but this is much more specific. Right, it, it is. So um, we, we don't like to say a whole lot about it because it may take away from the experience. Sure. But I spend, and I've sort of added to this training, I do a whole portion, about a half hour of talking about dementia, how to deal with some of the behaviors and um, you know, what to expect, and then people get garbed up. So it simulates uh-huh. um, physical loss, um, and it's you're giving five simple tasks. So our lab is set up like a residence room or someone's home. Mm-hmm. Um, they are giving five simple tasks to perform, um, and they experience physical and mental um, changes with mm. someone. So, um, and... Part of it is there is a headset, and it, it creates a noise, so it's a confusion. So people, they, they, they say, how do we know it's like dementia? But very quickly after we put people into this tour, <laughs> they start exhibiting behaviors mm-hmm. as uh-huh. someone mm-hmm. with dementia. Huh. And so we have, uh, prior to going in, we do a little pretest, and then there is an observer in the tour, and that would be Judy, and she writes down her observations. So when they come out, there's a cool down, they have a post-test, and they talk about their experience and so, and talk about some of the actual behaviors that they themselves did. And like I said, some of the uh, – Judy can tell you some of the mm-hmm. comments that we've heard. And again, um, this is designed for other staff members? It's who, who's it yeah, designed all for? Yeah, all of our – Anybody who is a caregiver or a care partner to someone, they could have a loved one. We we started out with all of our. It was man, it's mandatory at our facility for everyone mm-hmm. who works here, right from maintenance, housekeeping, dietary, mm-hmm. CNAs, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, to we opened it up to family and community. We've had uh, ambulance corps in. We've had ho- um, home health, um, hospice, hospice. Mm-hmm. Other facilities have come to the tour. Um, so it's been hugely successful, and it does add that piece of, in my mind, an em- empathy, empathy training right. from right. the heart. So sure. you walk out of there and you think, uh-huh. I remember what that felt like. If uh-huh. that noise startled me like that, then I am certainly not going to be, I'm going to be mindful. Yeah. Judy, what, so. what were your experiences? I think the thing that struck me most when I took it is uh, the level of anxiety I experienced Excuse me, while I was in the room trying to perform these simple tasks, uh, something about the um, noise coming through my ears, through the headphones, and my vision was impaired, um, and I I felt so anxious. And that um, now, when I look at some of our residents, um, I'm able to 
uh, realize that they're, they may look as if they're sitting peacefully in a wheelchair, but perhaps they're feeling tremendously anxious. Mm. Mm. Um, I've also stopped coming up to people from the side because I now know what it's like to have that sort of tunnel vision. Um, I think the other big lesson we learned, by the way, is that we no longer do overhead announcements. Right. At the ner- oh, I guess you said that yeah. before, but because we realize that those are very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that the, um, the takeaway for me was that people with dementia are experiencing perhaps a tremendous amount of anxiety. Mm. And that, I think, has made me more compassionate. Yeah. And this is um, family members as well? Um, mm-hmm. Do family members um, understand or do they develop that kind of empathy oh, as well? It, in fact, we had a, a, a board member who said, I wish I had taken this 20 years earlier mm. because if I'd done that, I would have understood my mother and her sure. Alzheimer's mm-hmm. so much sure. better. We sure. had somebody say, I want to shout from the rooftops that people ought to do this and we do offer it several times a year we advertise in the newspaper when we're going to mm-hmm. offer it and people can call us and book right. a slot to we've, take it we've had people come out sobbing like mm-hmm. i had like i had no idea that mom was struggling or dad was struggling and so it's it is effective it it mm-hmm. really is um Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's wonderful that you're um, offering this to first responders, too, because they really need to have training in how to deal Absolutely. with someone who has dementia. Right. You know, especially as more and more people want to stay in their communities and, and not be in a facility, so that's really important. We do a little bit of um, reality you know, empathy training as well. I think it's really, really important, not to the extent of the virtual dementia tour, but um, one thing that I found to be really successful with caregivers in particular is, you know, we sit in a circle and I give them five little pieces of paper and I ask them to write down on each piece of paper something that really gives their life meaning, you know, that they, you know, they, that's what they love about their life. And they turn it upside down and close their eyes, and I slowly go behind them and randomly remove three of those pieces of paper and whisper in their ear that they have no memory of that. And to and to watch how they respond to that is really pretty amazing. You know, from tears to a lot of anxiety. You know, as we're going around the circle because they don't know what they're. What, what memories they're going to lose. Sure. So I, I think that, it, you know, having someone walk a mile in someone's shoes is really important. And that's, again, one of the big changes that have happened in dementia care is that the caregivers, professional and family caregivers, have just been educated so much more on right. what it's like to live mm. with that disease. Because mm. right. mm. I think a lot of people felt like we've lost them. You know, they're no, there's no, mom's no longer herself. So they stop visiting or, mm-hmm. you know, they, and people at that point uh, that have dementia, well, their worlds do become smaller. You'll see them less and less in the community. You will see a failure to thrive, mm-hmm. frequent trips to the, um, the emergency room because they've taken medications wrong. They're not eating like they're supposed to. Watch your neighbor. Make, you know, look in on those elders that are in the community because, um, you know, um, they they need us. We all need to be educated on this and to be on, on top of that. And 
So that notion that notion that um, caregivers and we're going to talk um, a little bit more about mm-hmm. how we support caregivers. Um, that's both the professional caregiver and the community caregiver, the person who might be observing um, their friend or neighbor or relative um, mm-hmm. in a slow decline. Again, this is normally um, dementia is a slow decline. It's not, it doesn't happen all at once. And so you're going to observe some things, and and that loss of, mm-hmm. of what is important um, must be a very um, kind of empathetic moment um, to, right. to to get to. In general, most dementias is a slow decline. Uh, my observation is that the younger the person is who has been diagnosed with a diagnosed with a dementia diagnosis, um, if they're younger, it's a little bit it's more aggressive. Right, it's, it's faster. It's okay. a, it's a faster right. right. So right. so those early onset Alzheimer's disease, you know, they can go from symptoms to. You no know, symptoms to pretty significant symptoms in a short period of time. Absolutely. Right. So the the two institutions, Island Nursing Home and and uh, uh, Friendship Cottage, represent um, kind of a spectrum of how we um, support people with mm-hmm. dementia mm-hmm. and um, adult. Uh, daycare or day centers um, relatively new in terms of uh, having them around what would you see um, or what would you say is the most significant change in that whole field okay um, we're, we're really moving away from social models to health models in the state um, health models are able to provide activities of daily living and um, for, for example we have a shower room so we're able to do showers if you're a if you're a health model, you're able to care for people much longer. Mm-hmm. We have the idea is to help help them stay in the community in their homes with the adult center uh, being kind of during the daytime when right. daycare uh, I mean caregivers might be at work. Right, they can provide that kind of a, a support and assistance. Exactly, our average. Um, time that a person stays within our program, it's enrolled in our program, is 17 months. Mm. And we very frequently discharge someone to a nursing home. They, they often are with us until they, they die. Mm-hmm. You know, um, We've had some people as long as six years in our program, and mm. we've had several as long as five years. Mm. So, Moving from social to health means that you can better provide that kind of support. We can provide those showers. We can administer those medications. We have a nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're able to take care of medically complicated people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's exactly what you said. It really gives the caregiver a break during the day so they can, we're seeing a lot of the sandwich generation right. where, you know, it's people my age that still might have children at home and they're caring for their their parents right. and they're still in the workforce mm. so this enable this allows those pe- those caregivers to have their life and not worry about mom or dad while they're at work and they're not going to getting any phone calls and they don't mm. have to worry that the stove is being left on sure Sure. And being open on Saturdays has been a tremendous help for mm. our caregivers because it gives them that extra day of doing things that they need to do. <laughs> Life. Life. And I, and I think, you know, Ian, that's such a great program that you offer. And what we're seeing is we have this huge population that are aging the ba- mm. with baby boomers. We're mm-hmm. all aging. And we're all living longer than we did 30 years ago. And we know that after the age of 85, the chances of dementia have increased, you know, half of the people mm-hmm. over the age of 85. So the baby boomers 
are smart. They want choices, mm. and they want to stay home, and they want to stay independent. Uh, we at Island Nursing Home, we have a multi-level facility. We have residential care, and we have long-term care, and we offer skilled care. Um, and so, you know, that's good. And a lot of times people, if they've been home and they don't have a support system, uh, they have uh, when they come to our facility, they all of a sudden have this social um, life again, and they have friends, and they have good food, and they have health care. So that is a good option for people. But uh, what Anne offers at Friendship Cottage, the adult daycare program, is is wonderful for people mm. that, um, as well. Right. So not everybody can take care of their loved yeah. one at home. Right. You know, right. if you're if it's a spouse and you're frail yourself, you know, right. you, you can't right. providing nursing home level of care is a really hard thing to Absolutely. do. So I think it's wonderful that we have both of these right. programs that, you know, it's, we're, we're meeting people's needs in the community. Yeah. And, and I just, I want to say that I think Hancock County has just done a tremendous drop, job in supporting our seniors to age in place. We have so many great programs. There's three adult day programs in Hancock County alone that are health models. Um, we have really wonderful nursing home, <laughs> homes where, and I'm, yeah. I am a little bit biased because I did work at Island <laughs> Nursing right. Home for eight years. <laughs> but, but it really is, mm-hmm. you know, you're treated like family right. there, which is really wonderful. And we have other programs like At Home Down East that, and... and we'll, we'll come back to some of those because I think yeah. listeners will want to know okay. some of those um, support services that they may take advantage of. I'll just remind listeners they're tuned to WERU and Talk of the Towns this morning. We're talking about understanding dementia and supporting those affected. In the studio with us, um, you've just heard from Ann Osana, the Director of Adult Day service programs at Friendship Cottage. Also with us are Becky Siebert um, at Island Nursing Home and Judy Mathewson. Now we're going to go uh, by phone to um, the Reverend Mary Carol Griffin. And and um, Mary Cal- Carol, you've helped um, lots of folks um, in the support role. Um, thank you for being with us here on Talk of the Towns. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad to do this. Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, there's a REV attached to your name, so um, give us some <laughs> of that background and how you okay. began to work with, with uh, caregivers. Okay. Well, I started out um, working with hospice volunteers of Hancock County, and I was a volunteer there for eight years, and then I went on staff as the bereavement coordinator doing um, bereavement counseling for 14 years. So that was 22 years, mm. and then um, I needed to do move on, and so I became the chaplain at Hancock County Home Care and Hospice, which is what I'm doing now. Um, in that process of being... Um, a volunteer, I felt called to be ordained. Mm-hmm. So I went through the studies of doing that and was ordained in 1999. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of, and I've worked with um, a lot, a lot of patients who have dementia, um, plus dealing with my own mother who had dementia um, towards the end of her life as well, and trying to help others to grasp what they can do for themselves to take care of themselves when they're dealing with somebody that has dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, so that notion of taking care of oneself, it's a little bit like uh, being in an airplane and being told that you need to give your the oxygen to yourself first. Correct. Is, is that the, the correct. notion? Yes. You know, we can't take care of anybody else unless we take care of ourselves first. And it's so true. Um, it's even more true with dementia because there is so much frustration for caregivers. Um, who are dealing with somebody with dementia 
um, and depression can come in very easily when you're dealing with somebody that has this um, going on in their lives. So depression of the caregiver, you're saying? Depression of the caregiver. Uh-huh. Yeah, and some of the signs of, of depression are, are guilt, um, anger, uh, all those things, uh, rage, frustration, um, those those things that cause us to keep go. I, I like to look at it as going down the hill. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. We keep getting more and more depressed because we don't know how to help them. We come, become very, very frustrated. And I think the one of the things that um, caregivers need to understand about dementia, it's very important to get some education about it. Mm-hmm. Um, dementia people are really good about living in the past. Mm-hmm. They're not good about being in the present or being 10 minutes from now, mm-hmm. you know, in the future. Um, so caregivers, in order to avoid a lot of frustration and anger, go with them where they're going. Yes. You know, um, my mother, we used to, she ended up going to Albuquerque to be with my other sister the last two years of her life because she became very fearful being left alone, even though we tried to have people come in. We tried to get her to one of the um, facilities like Friendship Cottage, but she didn't want that. She wanted me. Mm -hmm. Um, So my sister, who um, is home, came and got her and took her, but we Skyped every Sunday, mm-hmm. and it was just, it was so important, even though I do this work, it was so important for me to remember not to argue with her when she <laughs> said, I want to come home now, sure. and sure. I would say to her, you know, Mom, I'm working on that. She says, you are? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'm working on it, right. and, and Izzy knows all about it, and we're, we're working on it. Sure. And, you know, and that's all she needed. That's all she needed. And right. two minutes later, she'd ask the same question, sure. and we'd answer it the same way and take a deep breath. I think. <laughs> you know, taking care of ourselves means taking care of um, our breath. We forget to breathe when we become frustrated. Mm. Um, you know, just calming ourselves with mental um, affirmations like peace, comfort, those sound kind of silly, but they're not silly. Mm-hmm. You know, they help us to tone down our thoughts and tone down that frustration that happens um, when we're dealing with somebody with dementia. Mm. And so you um, help um, caregivers by offering kind of a support circle. Um, ha- describe that circle and how people can, can learn more about it. Well, at the present moment, we're doing a caregiver support group on the second and the fourth Friday of every month here at the Darrell Nursing Home. Um, and the support group is here not only for um, folks that have somebody here in the nursing home, but for the community. And we really encourage people in the community to come as well so that we can begin to help them with all of these aspects of taking care of themselves, of, about watching for depression, about educating themselves, um, the difference between caring for somebody and doing for somebody, um, it's so important. I mean, they they need their independence to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need our independence as well, and we need to find the places where we can um, help ourselves to get strong and um, in order to help take care of them. Mm. And, and you, um, you, because you, your calling really was um, to develop um, your skills um, in, in the ministry, um, what about the spiritual kind of dimensions of both um, what you see in dementia and in caregiving? The spiritual dimensions. Mm. Um, you know, I believe that we are spiritual beings on a human journey. Uh, 
and I don't, in our hospice world, we don't go into religion um, right, right. as we go into homes or mm-hmm. with other folks. It's all about spirituality. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening all the time for people um, and their spirituality. Um, for some people, spirituality might be walking in the woods. For some, it's yoga, meditation. For some, it's just music, and it doesn't have to be any kind of um, religious kind of music. Any kind of music helps them. Um for some, it's just gathering with a group of women or a group of men and being able to talk about what's going on. And that's one of the aspects of spirituality, too, to be able to let go and allow yourselves to t- to find a, a support group mm-hmm. um, that is confidential, that you trust, um, that you know that it's a safe place so that you can express what's going on in your life. And giving expression to that is spiritual. Mm-hmm. When I was counseling at the volunteer hospice, <laughs> you're going to think this is funny, but um, I always had a vacuum-packed coffee on my desk, and um, I waited for people to look at it, and they'd keep staring at it, and then they'd say, can you tell me why you have that vacuum-packed <laughs> coffee on the desk? And I said, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> and I said, you know, this is... In the state it's in now, it's hard as a rock, Hmm. and it really doesn't uh, do its purpose, right? And they'd say yes. And I said, um, so when it's opened and the air comes into it, it becomes soft, and it can be put in the percolator, and it can do what it needs to do. And it's the same thing with our feelings and our emotions. Hmm. You know, if we we don't talk about them, if we stuff them, then um, they have to come out in usually dysfunctional ways. Mm -hmm. For children, it's picking... And some for some adults <laughs> is picking fights with others, punching holes in walls. Um, for adults, it can be anger, um, alcoholism, drug addiction. You know, it those feelings have to come out, and if we do it in a wrong way, it's not helpful for them, obviously, or for the people that we're trying to care for. Mm-hmm. So um, once I said that to them, they would look and they would say, "Oh my God, that's so true," and. The way I came up with that after, I guess, a couple years of doing the counseling, I realized that I didn't do anything magical in the sessions except listen to them, a little bit of advice here and there, but mostly listening, Mm because that's the most important aspect of healing. And um, they would always, I'd always ask the question, so how are you feeling now from the time you first came in? And they'd look at me and they'd say, oh, my God, I feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing like, it's not like I did anything magical or waved a wand. Right. It's, I gave them an opportunity to talk. I didn't judge them. Um, I was there for them in a way that some of our community um, doesn't know how to listen. You know, right. you can say you're hurting and they'll, they'll change the subject to something right. else. Right. And it seems like in in leading the support circles, you're modeling exactly the kind of of uh, helpful um, behavior and uh, that that caregivers would need when they're dealing with their loved ones. Correct. Right. And if, Becky, <coughs> I mean, sorry. 
Uh, Mary Carol, it's Judy here, and I just Hi, wanted Judy. to say it's at 1 o'clock, correct, on the 2nd and 4th yes, Friday. from 1 to 2.30. 1 to 2.30, and it's free. Oh, yes. Great. And it's confidential, yes. and it's open to everyone. And I also believe you have caregiver support at Friendship Cottage, too, don't you? Yes, we have so, a support group that meets the first Friday of the month from uh, 1, to, or 1 to 2.30. Great, and so all of your websites will have that yes. information. And uh, Reverend Mary Carol Griffin, thanks so much for being with us. We're going to let you go so that we can open up our phone co- phone lines to to our listeners. But thanks so much for being with You're us this morning. You're very welcome. Great. Now, the Reverend Mary Carol Griffin, who operates, um, helps with uh, with uh, caregiver support. And I'll open up the phone lines now, 1-866-625-9378 or locally 469-0500. As we talk about understanding dementia and supporting those affected, um, perhaps you have your own experience, your questions for our guests in the studio, Becky Siebert, Judy Mathewson, and Ann Osana. Um, again, one 625 9378 so we've begun to talk about some of the services that are available be- besides um, the the, uh, the nursing home model, the adult um, uh, day center model. Mm-hmm. What else should listeners know about support services and resources and information that might be useful to them as they, they, they walk this path? You're not alone on this journey. Yeah. <laughs> You're Great. not alone on this journey. One of my favorite quotes is from former First Lady Rosalind Carter, and she says it's There are only four types of people in the world, those who have been caregivers, those who are caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who need care. (laughs) (laughs) So that just shows you how vast (laughs) this issue is. And as I mentioned before, in in Hancock County, we have so many resources that Mm. are are available. Um, I I would encourage your listeners to contact Becky Mm -hmm. or myself. My my telephone number is 374-5612, and I'm always happy to listen to where you are in this journey and pass on resources that are available some you know that come to mind the the blue hill peninsula is really rich with resources um it that we are communities that take care right. of our community members right. and and it's a really wonderful um it's a wonderful way to be and to witness that and to be part of that some of the programs that we have um and another program by washington hancock community agency is at home down east which is a member service program and i believe you island nursing mm-hmm. home has worked with at home down east um it they provide transportation to medical appointments and and oftentimes it's just that one extra piece you know that keeps someone in their home a little bit longer a little bit safer our goal is to keep people safe right it's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that that's one program that comes to mind. Friends in Action has you know um, transportation. Transportation, yes. and they have uh, health you know well visits. Oftentimes, churches have a caring committee, and they can be a real great resource for people. You know, just to reach out to their church. Um, and I think for the home caregiver to have. A support network. Have someone you can call and say, I just can't take it in one minute longer. So mm-hmm. you have that person that's going to be on the doorstep to take to relieve you, to have some respite. We do offer respite at Island Nursing Home. So if someone needs 
arrested. So that or, someone is who is caring for someone at home, yeah, and they need mm-hmm. a break. Um, right, they know they could come to you by arrangement. Right, we go through yeah the the uh, admission process, and uh, that is an option mm-hmm. to have that. I personally recommend some books. I mm-hmm. think. Reading about it, it um, one of the books that comes to mind is A 36-Hour Day, mm-hmm. and that's by Nancy Mace. Um, I love the book Creating Moments of Joy mm-hmm. because they live in the moment, and right. it's like take advantage of that. It's powerful when you have that moment with that person. Uh, that's by Jolene Brackey. Um, so important. Um, uh, and I did want to just say it's not always dementia. If something it seems awry, you, want to, you don't want to rule out delirium. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times our seniors, if they, be, if they get a urinary tract infection, that can throw them way off base. Um, changes in medications, their environment, infections. So never assume it's, you know, you want to go through the, the, their physician, their family physician. They, they will do sometimes brain imaging, blood work. Um, but that those are I wanted to just to sure. pop that in Spe- there. Especially the urinary tract infections. Yeah. They can have no other symptoms right. yeah. <laughs> except for just a dramatic change in their behavior right. and forgetfulness. And, and it's a simple urinary tract infection yeah. that can be cured okay. with antibiotics. And, uh, and, and the, the other question I think that the changes that have happened is the, ch- the change in medication. And, oh, you know, absolutely. Um, tell um, us a little bit about what you see the trends are or, or just um, so again, if someone is affected by dementia or has a family member, what might they be thinking about in terms of working with their physicians around medication? One thing that we often suggest to people is um, they make an appointment to see Dr. Singer, Mm -hmm. um, who is at Acadia Hospital, and he, we are so lucky to have him. He's Mm -hmm. world-renowned, and he has just done amazing um, things with changes in medications for people, and if there are a lot of behaviors that someone is having, just coming up with ways to manage those behaviors that isn't necessarily always medication. Because right. medications mm-hmm. sometimes can have the opposite effect; they That's can right. make the situation worse. And uh, so, are there general categories of medication that um, someone with d- dementia might be? Um, so again, just some yeah. basic vocabulary. We're not asking you to, to name a particular medication, but just what what kind of help does medication provide? Well, oftentimes there's a lot of anxiety that's um, associated with dementia. So something, you know, a medication to help with that anxiety. Um, if you know what triggers the anxiety, the best thing to do is to avoid those triggers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So because the medica- there are complications with medications. Absolutely. So. Right. You and, know, and I wasn't trying to suggest that right. medications. That no, the and, and they're highly regulated. We do use them, and sometimes mm-hmm. we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they suggest sometimes to keep a log of your loved one or or a, a resident to see what triggers might, um, mm. you know cause them to have more anxiety is it sometimes they'll have sundowning so in the evening late afternoon and evening the behaviors will re- will ramp up you know a lot of times that's a common time for people mm. um so you start to do other activities we'll have a, a namaste program at that time um, or change of shift can be very if there's a lot of confusion and um in yeah. the environment yeah and yeah. It, again you know if you're thinking about it someone with dementia you know they're their long-term memory is often intact, still intact. And so 3 o'clock, change of shift <laughs> at, at, a, at a nursing home or, you know, any place. It can be a very confusing time. And, 
in the, that person living with dementia, that is the time that was things, a lot of anxiety for them as well. It might be that their kids were getting home from school and they were trying to get dinner ready. And, and so just to keep things calm during Absolutely. that time is really, really important. We often will close our shades, mm. you know, at Friendship Cottage. Um, and, and it's so people don't really realize that it's getting dark. Right. Or know. in the morning they need to go to work. You right. know, we, we, we're, we need to get going and, you know. So, you, so give someone a clipboard yeah, and, you know, or them, put a stethoscope or, around their neck. Or, and, you know, could, I, could you fold these clothes for me? I right. mean, whatever you need to do. I, I love to use the phrase, be their hero. Mm-hmm. Be what they need you to be to, to maintain their, their value as a person and make mm-hmm. them feel good about and productive. Let me just list the phone number at one time mm-hmm. and then we'll continue our conversation. Okay. If you've got questions or perhaps your own experience with understanding dementia, give us a call. One eight six 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 two five nine three seven eight. So uh, again, that notion that we're trying to be someone's hero right. as we support them. Right. Yeah. I, I wonder if I could jump in Please. and give an instance of. Um, well, I'm going to brag about Becky for a minute, being a hero and uh, being a best friend. Um, but I witnessed a scene in one of our corridors where an aide was gently trying to persuade someone with dementia to come to dinner, and it seemed totally appropriate, and it was. But the person didn't really want to come to dinner and Mm. walked down the hallway. And Becky swooped in and suddenly began waltzing with this resident (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. singing, You Are My Sunshine. And she waltzed the resident right up to the dining room mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. and talk about creating a moment of joy yeah that that's what that is that's what um, that person needed absolutely mm-hmm. and, and you know as a caregiver being in this business for over 30 years i always tell new hires there has not been a day that has gone by in those 30 over 30 years that i have not left island nursing home where someone or something has not put a smile on my face. It mm-hmm. has truly uh, enriched my life a hundredfold to mm-hmm. be in this mm-hmm. business. And, I mean, it's not for everybody, but those who are in it and good at it, it is, it is just wonderful. And it, it truly has enriched my life. I feel lucky mm-hmm. to yeah, be able to I feel work. very blessed. Yeah, I know well. me too. And, 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 and I have another Becky Siebert story. <laughs> <laughs> we worked at Island Nursing Home. Uh, I, I feel the same way. I... I Every day that I go to work, I feel honored, you know, that I, that I have this job and that I am um, working with these people and and making a difference in a few people's lives and making caregivers' lives a little bit better. My philosophy is everything is an activity. Hmm. You know, everything that a person does can be an activity. Yeah. And I remember so well we were in Homeport and I was writing notes for you know, trying to get my notes done and Becky was doing the same thing and at that time we had a, um, a resident who had a baby doll and that was her baby and and you know we had to we had to like convince staff that this was okay you know in her in her mind this was her real baby it changed her behaviors mm-hmm. you know and she had this baby to care for and at the time we had a day daycare program and little girl came up and said what's your baby's name Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this person was non-verbal you know she Mm -hmm. didn't say anything and she said i have a baby and her name's twinkle and we started singing twinkle twinkle little star and this person who was non-verbal started mouthing those Mm -hmm. words Mm -hmm. wow yeah and it was it was just this (laughs) moment of connection with you know 
four-year-old probably, four-year-old yeah. girl, and this elderly woman who was not verbal. And it, it was, I just thought that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, <laughs> Do you remember absolutely. that? Absolutely. And, and when you discover those moments, they you have those moments every day, and you just, it's almost like someone says it's like, Improv. You have to think on your feet. What does Millie need for me in this moment? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I know I've said that over and over again. But you really—it's an art form, mm-hmm. and 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 it's—you know—you do it uh, to you know get them through that moment, and uh, and you do learn different ways. And what works today might not work tomorrow. Sure. You know, I might have luck with Millie today, and I, and it may be Anne tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just sort of. And Judy? Being open. I want to go back just a little. Um, What you said about singing Twinkle Twinkle reminded me also that um, we have a program at the nursing home called Music and Memory Mm -hmm. because um, research has found that uh, music is enormously comforting to people with dementia and helpful. Right. So our activities director interviews the families of um, new residents and finds out what their favorite music was from their youth, and he creates a personalized playlist. (laughs) That's great. Which people can have. Yeah, and that's wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful because... I don't like country music, and if if I'm in a nursing home, the last thing that I want to do is listen to country music. I want to, you know, I want to be listening to the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is miraculous. So WERU yeah. works for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah just put yeah. WERU. And, and oftentimes, someone that can't put a full sentence to, together because it will affect their, um, you know, they can't find the words or their, but they can sing this whole song. It's just been, it's it's just wonderful, you know. Mm-hmm. They were it pulls from that long term memory, and uh, so we're beginning to, to reach the end of the hour. Are there, um, you know, one or two sentences that you want to to offer to uh, caregivers um, out there who might be. You know, facing this journey, maybe mm-hmm. for the first time, um, mm-hmm. what would you what would you tell someone um, that's listening? You're not yeah. alone. Okay. Right. There's lots of support out there, um, and it can be a it can be a wonderful journey. It can be very spiritual. Um, yeah, it, mm-hmm. that you're just you're not alone. If you have any questions or need more resources, feel free to call me at 374-5612. Right. And I would say the same thing. You know, don't take it personally. Um, remember, you can't change them. They live in the moment. My number uh, is 348-6530, and we can talk about it if you're struggling so, with it. Sounds like if, if you were facing this in, in this part of the world, yeah. Hancock County, right. you've got some resources right. to, to Just, go to. And <laughs> if you're listening outside of this area, you can still call folks in Hancock County because they're very generous with their time. And, and there are resources in your community, too, right. and, and we know about them, and so we can Make we can Right. right. And love them through it. Be their hero. Great. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second Friday morning of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Coronach on a Balnain House Highland music recording. Thanks again to our guests in the studio, Becky Siebert and Judy Mathewson from Island Nursing Home, Anne Osana from 
adult uh, day services from Friendship Cottage and the Reverend Mary Carol Griffin, and she is with a different nursing home? No, same one, Island Nursing Home. Great, great. Uh, thanks to those of you who listened. You didn't call in today, but um, we know you were listening. Thanks to our underwriters. Uh, thanks to Amy Brown for engineering our program. And stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. Good morning.